0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Hey, welcome to Passion Life Church today. This is Rex Crane. What an honor it is to be with you. Hope you're having a great Sunday morning, wherever you may be and wherever you're watching this. So glad that we could come together today and continue this incredible series of Stronger. I know that from the reports that have come in, people are finding new strength. They are finding strength mentally. They're finding strength spiritually. And they're finding strength in their families and the difference that they're making. And we're excited that that is your experience. And it's going to be enhanced today. Before we get going today, I want to say thank you to our pastors, Pastor Phil and Val. And by the way, it's Pastor Val's birthday this week. So we want to wish her a happy birthday. Make sure you send her a message uh, online, through Instagram, through Facebook. Let her know how much you love her let her know much you care and pastor phil what an honor it is to share this stage and this platform i'm so excited that We you're going to start joining in person in the very near future here and so uh stay tuned for the reports on that as uh i'm sure that next week we'll be able to have some new insights for you that'll help you and your family uh prepare so great things and great days are ahead for passion life church i want to jump into this today we're talking about the series of stronger more powerful, more effective, more influential. I don't know anybody that doesn't want that to be their life in 2021. It felt like we all went through a blur in 2020 that life did something with us, but we are repivoting, we're retooling and repositioning ourselves that we can make the most of this year and the opportunity that God gave us. Um, There's an interesting story. There's a South American Indian tribe back some years ago and they found that all of their, uh, these young people that were dying, they were passing away really, really early. They brought scientists in and they tried to figure out what was the root cause of all of it. After studying, they found out there was a certain insect that was inside their adobe homes. And what they did was they presented the options here to this tribe and they said, listen, uh, we can insecticide your adobe homes. We can tear them down and build new ones. We can move you to another area where they don't have this insect or you can stay right where you are and do nothing. They chose what most of us choose in the world and that is the path of least resistance. They say, no, we'll just go ahead and deal with it and tolerate it right where it is and as a result they've continued to pass away early because they didn't want to do anything I found for your life to get better my life to get better we got to become better so I want you to engage today for the next 20 minutes and really think about here's how God is challenging me he's giving me insights and wisdom that I can grow better and get better in this series about stronger we talked about the spiritual dimension we talked about being strong spiritually and mentally last week but we're going to get into something really really, really powerful. And that is strong emotionally. You know, emotions are the quality of your life. It's the quality that you live in on a daily basis. And God gave you emotions. They belong to you. You don't belong to them. Let me say that again. God gave you emotions because you're made in his image. Uh, emotions belong to you, but you don't belong to them. You know, you're made in the image of God. God feels. He, he laughs, the Bible says. He cries. Jesus wept. You know, God is moved with compassion. He feels things. You are designed to be, to be a feeling person. Some, uh, some different spiritual uh, you know, leaders have said, well, you know faith has nothing to do with experiencing any type of feeling. I believe your faith is not based on your feeling, but I do believe that feeling and being emotionally fit is very, very necessary in your life. Oftentimes in the Psalms, David would cry out, God, restore my soul, heal my emotions, heal my mind, make me bold with strength where I feel weakness. And you know, over and over again, a guy after God's own heart, David, whether it's Psalm 13, Psalm 42, Psalm 143, where he was having emotional challenges. Same with uh, Elijah after he defeated the prophets of Baal. And they're talking about the quality of their emotional state, the quality that you show up in uh, on a consistent basis. I might even ask you the question here a little bit this morning. What's it like to be in a relationship with you? Are you emotionally charged? Are your relationships, are they flat? Are they passionate? Are they fulfilling? What's it like to do business with you? What's it like to do church with you? Do you make people better or, because we're such creatures of habit, come on, we want life down, we want church down, we want marriage down, we want kids down, we want it all down to a science. But what I found is for things to get better, we got to get better and we got to be able to stop indulging in these negative emotions that sap you of your strength. They deplete you of your power and your dominion. And they tend to run our lives rather than us run them. And let me say this again. God gave you feelings and emotions. He did not give them to you so they could run you, but that you could be in charge of them. You know, God wants you to experience godly emotions. He wants you to feel satisfaction and pleasure. But he wants you to be able to take charge. And why I say that is most people don't believe they have any power over their emotional state. They believe, well, it's just what I feel. It's just what I feel. That's why so many people, they feel depleted. They feel depressed. They feel weak. You know, there was a study done even not too long ago where they brought... I think it was over 100 different people clinically depressed and usually what they do in our medicine world of America, they wanna drug you, they wanna tell you, give you an identity, give you a label, tell you this is wrong, then they wanna drug you up, but they did something different at UC Berkeley. They brought them in and they said for 40 straight days, they would have them stand in front of the mirror for 20 minutes and grin from ear to ear, put their shoulders back, lift their head up high, and just have a completely different state. They wanted to see if this would change aerographically the neurological function and the emotion, the dopamine that was released in their body and the diminishment of cortisol, which is a stress hormone that many feel when they feel overwhelmed or depressed. It's amazing that every single one of them got off medication who had been previously on medication and they all were completely well with no side effects just by changing the way that they use their body and changing it. It doesn't take a lot of ideas today to change your life emotionally, but I believe God's going to give us some tools today so we can unlock some of our potential to really feel great things and stop defeating and conquer some of these, you know, self-defeating emotions that keep us in such a low level of life, such a low level of love, such a low level of emotion and passion. So you can kind of live back up to your baby pictures. Think about it, when you came out of your mama's womb, you came out with shout and passion and energy. You had a cry in you or you had a smile in you. And now for most people, you ask them, hey, how you doing? Well, I'm okay. I'm doing okay, I'm usual, uh, everything's just fine, everything's doing okay. No, no, don't be fine, don't be usual, don't be okay. It's time to start living the life, and maybe for some of you, you need to reclaim the life that you were meant to live, and to do that, you gotta become emotionally whole. How many of you know somebody that no matter what's going on, they find a way, even if there's great things, they find a way to be depressed, full of drama, come on, full of anxiety, full of negative, doesn't matter how beautiful of a home, a beautiful of a place, They'll find the one thing that they did not like. Come on. and uh, Maybe then, too, you also know people probably in your life that all chaos could be happening, all kinds of, you know, sadness and gloom, and they still find a way to be happy. It reminds me of the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts in chapter 20 where he said, you know, I know that I'm going to go bound to Jerusalem. I know that things are going to happen to me there. They're probably going to put me in jail. They're going to beat me up. They might stone me. Come on, seven hours of throwing stones at somebody. That might hurt a little bit. He says, but none of these things move me i have determined to finish my course and I'm gonna finish it with joy and happiness. I found that people that decide to live in joy, decide, notice I say, you're not what you feel, you're what you decide. You're not what you feel. You hear me say that. You're what you decide. I believe a new choice can bring radical change to you today and that there's some things that we can do to really allow us to live in a more place of fruitfulness in the Holy Spirit. And God's given us powerful principles in his word. The person of Jesus will give you peace, but the principles of Jesus will bring prosperity into your soul, your body, your financial side, your relationships. Come on. We need adopt this in the word today. So I'm going to go here to the word for a little bit. And I want you to really, really buy it because this is a really, really powerful thing. Because most people are trying to focus their daily life on the emotions they want to avoid or they're afraid of. They just want to, they focus on what they're afraid of. And it's amazing when you focus on what you're afraid of, you kind of bring it more to life. And what, you're a, what you are want to avoid, you kind of move toward, you know, you take, uh, you've heard stories that maybe like a car that spun out of control on a, on a big old street. And there's like one light. Or there's one like big old, you know, pole that might be like 90 feet away. And it's amazing that that car happens to hit that pole. We all move in the direction of our focus. What if I told you that God has given you a spirit of discipline and power? Proverbs 25, the last verse, I think it's chapter 29, uh, verse 29, says if a person doesn't have rule over their own spirit and emotions, they're like a wall, they're like a big old castle with walls broken down. Easy access for people to get inside. I want to shut the door on the devil from manipulating you through your emotions and your feelings. And I want to rebuild that wall so that you can live in peace. You can live in the peace that Jesus died to give you and live in the joy on a more consistent basis. And when you have joy, you got strength. You have less sick days. Come on. You solve problems better. You sell the problem you solve, even in a better way. You heal more hurts. Come on. You re- you help other people. You're a joy and a pleasure to be around, not a tense pressure environment to be around. And I believe that's who you're called to be. You're called to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Some of you, you're a salt. We need to shake you again so you can become a good salt shaker so you can influence the world around you. But to do that, we're going to have to take forward charge of three forces. Three forces, like a little pyramid if you want, that will allow you to live in a more healthy, balanced, emotional place. Number one, you got to take charge of your physiology. Come on, this is really, really powerful. Motion creates emotion, or emotion is created by motion. You know, how you feel oftentimes is related to how you use your body. You know, if I was to get on here and I was just to go, hey, my name's Rex, um, I, I, I'm anointed to really bring you good news and I'm anointed here just to, to really change your life today and the words that I speak are gonna be life changing and you know Jesus' power is gonna flow from you. You'd be like, what in the world am I watching? You turned me off already, hopefully you did it. No, but what if I got, if I got on here and I started moving my hand, you see me move my body, why is that powerful? Because 82 muscles are in your face. Do you know that you can completely rearrange your brain just and the neurons of your brain and your feeling just by smiling? In fact, Harvard did this as a research. They found that people that went into a, um, a power pose, let's think of Wonder Woman or Superman, shoulders back, chest up, and they had their head up. And just by doing this for two minutes straight, every single day, they, people increased their testosterone 33%. They lowered their stress hormone of cortisol over 25% documentation, and they increased their faith factor 33% just by the way they held their body. Think of every miracle Jesus did in the Bible. He told blind people to go walk. He told someone that couldn't move their arm, a withered hand in Matthew 12 and Luke 6, to stretch it out. He told the people to launch out into the deep for an abundance of fish. He told them to remove a stone before he raised Lazarus from the dead. He always put every miracle, he put people into an active state. I did this not too long ago because I'm saying faith is the currency that accesses heaven's power and resources. It's God's grace and his love that provides it all but it's your faith that unleashes it. If the enemy can get you into a oppressed state, an overwhelmed state, a judgmental state, you ain't going to influence nobody. Come on. If you get in a place where you're resentful and you're hurtful, even the Bible says you'll live in a torturous place, a prison that you put yourself in because you refuse to forgive. But living in that place, you won't use your faith. And the Bible says the just, the righteous, that's you and me. Come on, touch your chest. Say, that's me. I'm the righteousness of God. The righteous shall live by faith. Let me say that a bit. It's in Habakkuk chapter two, verse two through four. It's in Romans chapter one. It's in Galatians chapter three. The just, the righteous will live by faith. The word live by is a Hebrew word, sheah or shah. And it means this, they will recover health and happiness and live in fulfillment by faith. So it is a good minute. I need to change the way I use my body. Some of you, you need to have like a little pattern interrupt. When you get funky, maybe you want to stand up and begin to skip. Oh, Rex, come on. That's for kids. No, 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 no. Maybe I did this with a group. I had about 6,000 people in Orlando, Florida. I was speaking for a Fortune 5 company. And I had people think and stand and think of some of the most traumatic things they've ever been experienced in their life. In a matter of 30 seconds to 60 seconds of harnessing their mind, focusing on it, they began to feel all kinds of negative emotions, of grief, of sadness. You saw people's face contort, frustration. All those 82 muscles in their face started contorting. And then I said, I want you to start, begin to skip. And they're like, skip. And then you see people go confused for a little bit. I said, I want you to begin to skip. And as they began to skip instantly where they were in a place of sadness or defeat or depression from just thinking about something wrong. Sometimes the way we think about it is worse than the actual event. But as they move their body in a brand new way, something happened. You can't skip and focus on being depressed. You can't sit there with gloom on your face and skip. That's why oftentimes I believe that God puts us into an active state. He says, I want you to give. I want you to contribute. I want you to lift up your holy hands and pray. I want you to raise your voice and begin to praise me because new motion will create emotion. In fact, there's a miracle that's in motion for your life today, but for it to come to pass, you're going to have to follow the motion of the miracle. Maybe Jesus is saying, I want you to rise up and walk. I want you to rise up and hug somebody. I want you to rise up and say, I forgive you. I want you to rise up and tell somebody how much they mean to you. Maybe it's that I'm going to challenge you to give something today and to invest in the kingdom or to tell somebody about your faith because a wise Person wins souls. A new motion can create new emotion in your life. You're one motion away from the way you use your body. One thing they asked me, I was on an interview, they go, How do you connect so much with your audience? And I say, Number one, I'm vulnerable because I express some of the things I've been through, my pain, some of my challenges that God's brought me through, and that vulnerability allows me to release value. But I put people into an active state where they begin to move and begin to do things. See, if all you did today is sit back and go, oh, Okay, Rex. I'm on the couch, that's cool, Uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah. You'll retain 8%. If you write, 38%. Watch how powerful it is. But if you interact with me, and you start moving your hands, or you were just being a little bit silly, come on. As a kid, you were silly. Come on, you would jump in puddles. Now you walk around them. You gotta be so proper. Maybe it's a good day today, because it's been raining the last couple days. Maybe you ought to jump in a puddle. Maybe you ought to shock yourself back into the kid you used to be like. Because Jesus said, the kingdom... Is it like a bunch of little kids. Come on. You got to reclaim some of your innocence. Stop being so serious, so old. Come on. Old, getting older is a privilege. Getting old is a mentality. Break that cycle today. Skip and love. Go dance with your spouse. Tell them you want to be romantic. Come on. Some of you ought to break the inertia of your life and act as if God is really with you and for you and run at some of your giants rather run away or sit there and wish they didn't exist. It's good you got a wishbone, but we got to get you back to having a back bone and a funny bone. Come on, somebody. This is a moment for you to begin to move in a new way. He told Naaman, go dip in the pool. Come on. He told Elijah to build a new altar. He told David to run at him with stones. He told them to do something. Abraham, get out of your familiar place. He said, Moses, stretch out your rock. God is challenging you to move like you've never moved before because there's a miracle in the motion of your faith. Faith if it's just talked about stays in the realm of hope. The Bible says, deep Demons believe and they tremble. But when you begin to correspond movement with what you, come on, your mind is saying, what your mouth is saying, what the word is saying, something happens. There's a transaction between heaven and earth where you're mixing the word with faith. The second force is focus. Come on. Whatever you focus on you feel. It becomes your identity or ideal or idea, better way, of reality. If you focus on, you know, all the negative things in your life, come on, then all of a sudden you feel negative. If you focus on, really, it'd be easy to feel depressed. All you do is focus on everything that did not work out. In fact, the enemy, I believe, because he's an accuser and a deceiver, he's tried to looted you in the idea you don't have power over your emotions, even though God gives you a spirit of power. And the sense of powerlessness is the root of all negative emotions. You know, you feel powerless about your past. You feel, you know, you feel anxious. You feel shameful. You feel powerless over your present. Come on. You feel, you feel angry. Over your future, you feel depressed. Come on. But you can change because he wants to delude you. So he tries to focus you on everything that does not work out, what has not happened, what other people have. So that you're absent from your own life. And so you're living, you're, you're not doing you, you're doing somebody else's life. And Song of Solomon, let me read this to you. Chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, please don't look at me. She's saying, she goes, I've been out in the sun and left, it left its mark upon me. My stepbrothers were angry with me and they made me the keeper of their vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. He tried to get them, she's talking about, I was so focused on building everybody else's things, so focused on everybody else's stuff that I did fail to keep my own vineyard, my own vineyard. My own life. This can be translated to your own heart, your own mind, your own emotional state. Because the Bible says to guard your heart above all that you guard, for out of it flows the boundaries, the issues, the greatness or the weakness of your life. Come on, I hope you've not got so addicted to feeling bad that you feel like it can't change because you can change your focus and you change your feeling. If we changed your focus and you can do it quite easily, Jesus said, whatever you ask is what you receive. Most people ask, why is this happening to me? Why does this always happen? Why can't I lose the weight? Why why did that happen? Why did that person not love me? They ask themselves really bad questions and they get bad answers because we all got a Rolodex of information in our mind. Things did not work out. Why did all the people vote for the new president, but the old one got in? How did they, Why did this happen? Why are taxes? Why, why, why? And this leaves you in a sense of powerless where on something you can't control. Proverbs 12, 25 says, or 24, it says, 24, 25, 25, sorry. It says, when there's anxiety in your mind over what you can't control, it leads to depression. We're finding people there. 81% of the world right now, according to a new research, shows that people feel like they can't control their future and they're feeling powerless, but that's not you. You're an heir of God. You're God's offspring. You're his redeemed. His spirit lives in you. You have a spirit of power. You're a joint heir with Jesus. You need to get that inside you today. The love of God's in your heart. The hope of Jesus is inside you. You are inside of him. You know, years ago, um, it was you when Noah, God told Noah to build a boat. It's interesting. God did not tell Noah to build windows along the side. The only window he was to have was at the very, very top. I believe that because when his family went in there, it would have been very easy to focus on. And they went into that ark; It would be easy to focus on the storm, the death, the danger, and the darkness. And it would unravel them. God said, I want to keep you. Keep my eyes. Keep your eyes up at the top. Keep your eyes on me. I don't want you to look around. Because what you focus on, you feel. Where's Benjamin? until focus. Is your focus on why is this person loving me? Why aren't they giving me my, meeting my sexual needs? Why aren't they meeting my financial needs? Why is my boss doing that? That leaves you in a state where you're powerless rather than changing the focus on what can I be excited about today? Would that give you a whole new set of options if you really asked yourself that question? What am I proud of? Man, if you ask that question, what you feel proud of, you would be grateful. You start to think about really what am I proud of? There's some wins that you have in your life that you could go back. Even the Bible says, you know, don't focus in Revelation chapter 3, verse 2, says, strengthen what remains. Don't look at what you lost. Look at what you got left. Your miracle, your breakthrough, hear me today, Passion Life Church, is never in what you lost. It's in what you have left. There's something in your hand today that God can multiply. And the enemy wants you to underestimate it and overlook it. But God wants you to redirect your focus on him. Come on. Even take like an eagle. And, you know, the Bible talks about Christians being eagles. You know, they'll mount up, they'll soar. Their wings can go so high in the middle of storms, they can go up to 22,000 feet. So much higher of the animal, but there's one enemy that always messes with it, a crow. A crow will do something. It will jump on the back of an eagle and peck at its neck to try to destroy it. If the eagle starts to mess, even though the eagle is so much more powerful and starts to try to fight, then the crow will have easy access. Come on. And it gets irritated. He'll start to have easy access to its neck. That's where he can destroy the eagle. But the eagle does something interesting. In the middle of it, he does not focus on the crow. See, the enemy wants you to focus on what you've lost, what's missing. So you start to sit there going, well, I've lost this, I've lost that. So when you focus on what's lost, you feel like you're lost. Or if you feel like you start focusing on, well, because of this, I'm gonna have less joy. Or because of this present, I'm gonna have less peace or less money. Or because what we went through with COVID, I'm gonna have less health. You focus on lost, Less or this will never happen, that place of learn helplessness, where you see things as permanent. I'll never get better. My kid will never get off drugs. I'll never lose the weight. That's a place to invite, where the enemy's inviting you to a pity party, where you suffer. It gives you no options. It gives you no place for you to live a fruitful life, and to break out of the bondage, and use the spirit of Jesus, his ability and power to break the hold of those things off your life. That ego, what he does is good. He stretches and expands himself. He changes his focus going okay it's on my neck but I'm going to focus up. It shifts his focus. Maybe this Bible says, look into the author, the finisher of your faith. Where are you looking right now? Peter, when he got out of the boat, when he walked and he focused on Jesus, he walked on the water. You have an invitation to walk on whatever trouble and whatever storm is around you. You can walk with your eyes on Jesus. And the Bible says you can go from glory to glory, strength to strength, and things will change in your life. But you start focusing on what's around you and you succumb to it. One minute he was standing and striding. The next minute, that Peter was sinking. Come on. That eagle, he focuses up and he goes high. And when he starts going high, something happens. That, that, that crow, he can't breathe at the altitude and the oxygen level of how high that eagle can go. So he miscalculates the eagle. See, the devil has miscalculated you. He thought if you just focus on yourself, that he's got you and he's right. But when you shift your focus and you start looking upon Jesus, the Bible says you start to ascend. Those who look upon the Lord and... Isaiah 40 says, shall renew, shall recharge their strength. Let me tell you something. There's a strength coming into your family. There's a strength coming into your finances. There's a strength. I'm not looking at what's happening in the world. I'm not looking at the presidential thing. I'm not looking at all the different things that are going on. No, no, no. My focus is on Jesus. We're in a different economy. He is our King. He's Lord overall. There's a strength coming in you emotionally. Depression's being broke today. Panic attacks are being broken off of you today. I come against every tormenting spirit that's lied and said, you are your past and you are your present. No, you are a child of God. You're bought by the blood. There's no doubt that in that storm, Noah probably lost his balance inside the ark, but he did not fall out of the ark. He fell inside the ark. The ark for you is Jesus. You are in Christ, a secret place of the most high that no matter, even if you lose your balance, you're still in the ark. Let's focus today upon Jesus. Come on, the author and the finisher your faith there's a new strength and peace being released to you today whatever you focus on you move toward my friend a friend of my guy a coach named Steve Everett he was born and they called him French fry fingers he never could walk he was in a, he's in a, wheel, he was in a wheelchair and his little tiny fingers and the, you know he was in the handicapped kid he had to do ride the handicap bus all these different scenarios but he watched one time at a summer camp that he went to somebody played tennis and he goes I want to do that. They gave him all his limitations. Here's why you can't. Here's why it won't work out. Hey, by the way, pay attention to how many times a day you say you can't. Come on. How many times you focus on, well, I can't do that. Well, I can't do that. I can't do that. Don't let your can't silence your wants. Come on. Don't let your can't silence your wants. He was listening to all their things. He goes, well, I might not be able to do it the way they do it, but I can do it different. I can focus on what I can do. And so they said, well, what do you do? He says, take a racket to my wrist. They put duct tape and taped a racket. And he got out there and he focused on what he could do. Now he's won three Paralympic World Championships. And now he plays soccer, come on, and on the U.S. national team. Out of a wheelchair, he even taught himself how to walk. Scared his family. Later worked with doctors and taught himself how to walk. He goes, I still use a wheelchair because I'm much quicker that way. But God gave me the strength and the ability where I was able to broke, break out. Think off that Wilma Rudolph, a famous woman that had polio, and she was in braces, and she was stuck in this thing. They said that she would never walk, she would never do anything, but her aspirations triumphed over her anxiety and her own ability. She focused on working her body and moving her body, and she shed those braces. I believe today as you focus, come on, you shift your focus from the problem to the promise of God, that God will perform in your life. I looked at a story I put up on Instagram this week, my friend Matt Rogers, and his. His son was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis his salt level way over I think it was like 130 when they did it it's massive and you know there's not a long lifespan there's no cure for cystic fibrosis for 13 years we declared the promise of God we watched God work in his life this past week on Thursday I got a call in the afternoon that absolutely captivated my heart where he said we went in and he goes I started weeping my friend played in the NFL he's a big guy and he, with his child and his wife and they did the test and they said his salt level is at 30 That is a completely normal child. They took him off all the medications and they say it's a modern miracle, but they had a choice when they went through this. Would we consider this a misery or a miracle? Would we focus on, well, we have to just take care of our son because they've been labeled and diagnosed the disease, or would we look at him as he's full of the potential of God and we're going to focus on the promise of God? Come on, my friend, things are about to shift for you. Things are about to change because you're about to shift your focus. You're about to shift your your feelings come on because if you don't you focus on what you lost You'll be invited every day to a pity party. And the devil will have a heyday with you. That's why Jesus, when he met the man in John chapter 5, had been at the gate for 38 years, he beelined for him. And all these different people are there, a big pool. And he walked up and says, do you want to get well? Are you determined to get well? Let me ask you, are you determined to get well? Jesus did not pity the man. He confronted the man with a revelation. He had a choice now. He could focus on where he'd been, his inability. Jesus said, rise and walk. He didn't even help him up. He gave him a word. Today, God's given you a word. Come on, rise again, believe again, love again, give again. Come on, be more valuable again. Things can change in your favor. Got the power of physiology, your movement that creates a new whole experience. Number two, focus. And third, language. Come on, language. You speak 16,000 words a day. That means you could fill a book of 300 pages a week with your words. Come on. We have like a little mini office for you in a year, but we'd have a museum of your words at the end of your life. Words can change feeling. Proverbs fifteen twenty three: a man has joy not by his circumstance, but the answer of his mouth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 13, 2, a man will eat his words. Come on. Your words, are they working for you or against you? Are they working for you? You can change your language. You can change the words you speak. You change your life. The woman with the issue of blood, she started saying, if I touch him, I'm going to get well. When I touch Jesus, I'm going to get well. She prophesied her future. This isn't a time to prophesy your defeat and prophesy your doom, but to become the a voice to the word of God. Do you know what it says in Psalm 103? As I get ready to close here, in verse 19, angels, God's angels, are ministering spirits, they listen and respond to the voice of his word. That could also say demonic spirits and the devil himself cannot read your mind. They don't know what you're thinking, but they listen to your words and they respond accordingly. God's word needs a voice. Many of your angels, and I've noticed in my own life, stay protective, but not proactive. They're waiting for an assignment. I want to challenge you, businessman, mechanic, house mom, come on, great woman that's doing great things and building a great business. And I want a grandparent, Come on, chill young people. I want you to get a promise in your mouth and begin to declare it. You are made in the image of God. Your words create the world you're living. Think about this. 85% of what you feel, your emotions. You want to change yourself, get stronger emotionally? Change the vocabulary consistently coming out of your mouth. Say, I am loved. I am loved. I receive God's love. That needs to come out of your mouth all the time. Why? Because Romans 2, 4 says, it's the love of God that leads you to a change. You want to change behavior? Not focus on the behavior. Not call the behavior. Call forth. Come on. God, I thank you. Your love is changing me. Your love's working in me. I receive your love. You love me so much. David said, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. He danced and celebrated how much God loved him. Some of you ought to declare some new things. Don't call it as it is. Call what's not as though it is. The Bible says in Joel 3, 10, let the weak say that I am strong. God's saying you wanna change your emotional state. You wanna change your physical state. Call forth what is not as though it is. As Abraham did it, it gave him ability to be able to have a child. Some of you feel like, I'm unable, I'm unable, I'm unable, I'm unable. You watch so much news, that says you're unable to do this, unable to do that. Before that, you're on lockdown mode. You've been confined, not by what's around your ability, but by the mentality you've adopted. You gotta break that and begin to be able to speak into that. By your words, you're acquitted, the Bible says, Jesus said, your words sentence you, Matthew 12. 37, I don't want my words to sentence me to a life less than what I was meant to live. No, reclaim the life you're meant to have. Ezekiel came upon a whole valley full of bones. 37 chapter of Ezekiel. And God says, can these bones live? I want you to get aggressive in the words you speak because the words you speak on a consistent basis, they determine your feelings. Right now, come on, your words are working for you or against you. Nothing's gonna change till you begin to say it. Operate out of the spirit of faith. I believe, therefore I speak. I believe, therefore I speak. I believe, therefore I speak. I believe, and many times I've seen this work in my own life, I don't feel anything's gonna change. I can be in a church meeting, and many of you know I pray for a lot of sickness people and they get well and I might not even feel God's healing presence necessarily on me but all of a sudden I'll start saying things someone's gonna feel better things are gonna shift here someone's gonna feel better in their body arthritis is leaving diabetes is going someone's being healed of cancer something's shrinking someone's eyesight's coming back that happened just a couple weeks ago and two girls that were deaf since birth I said someone's deafness is leaving two girls deaf since birth true not manufactured story our world completely healed, their ears opened for the very first time. My little daughter watched it on stage, for 1,700 people. I watched how my words can bring God's power forth. I can speak what I have and get more of it. I can speak what's dull, I can speak to what's boring, or I can speak to the potential of something. Come on, you can speak to the potential of your spouse, the potential of your lover. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them how much. Let your voice become a weapon. Come on, that you wield the sword of the spirit, the word of God in your mouth changes things. Jesus defeated the devil in the wilderness at an emotional time where he felt hungry. He felt tired, he felt weak, but he overcame it by the word of his mouth. Come on, someone's about to get a new fight in your spirit. You're about to use your vocabulary, your language, Language, saying, don't stop saying, I don't like this or I hate this. Start saying, I enjoy this. I love this. I appreciate this. Come on. Life's working for me. Not against all things are working together for your good. There's a miracle in your mouth. There's a miracle in your movement. There's a miracle in your mind. Focus. Ask yourself, what do I need to believe to succeed here and act like it's going to work? God's ready to meet you. He has a table prepared for you today in the presence of your enemies. You need to say right now, oppression, get off my life. I command, I command bitterness, get off me. I forgive so-and-so. You need to be able to declare wealth and riches and honor in my house, the favor of God's on my life. My home is blessed beyond the curse. I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. I don't got mental issues. I got a sound mind. I don't got cancer and diabetes. No, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. What you'll give birth to is going to come out of your mouth. Let it be something you want, not something the world selected for you. Come on, you're not what you, feel you're what you decide today you're becoming stronger emotionally and God is restoring your soul he's bringing back innocence inside you you're going to move your body in a brand new way today come on be playful hug your kids hug your spouse kiss make out goodness gracious we're coming on Valentine's Day if you're married please do yourself a favor make some love and make out with your spouse come on at least 20 seconds a day tell them who they are in your eyes. tell your kids they're a champion. Tell, no matter how old they are, tell your neighbors that they can be more and have more and do more, that you believe in them. Come on. God is looking to you. He already had Moses. He already had Esther. He already had David. He already had Cussing Peter on this planet. He already had the Apostle Paul. He did not want them at this time. He had them in their time. The timing of your life is beautiful. Don't get trapped, come on, in a small fish tank, like a shark. A shark will grow eight inches if it stays in a fish bowl or a fish tank, but it will grow over eight feet, ten feet if it gets in the ocean. Don't live in a small little pool with small minded people that speak small. Come on, no matter your personality begin to declare God's word and Jesus, the high priest of your confession will go to work to confirm your word or to agree and say the same thing on earth. It shall be done. Today is a turnaround day for you. You say, Rex, I've not been walking with God. Today is the day you say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my soul, the Lord of my life. I confess, I believe in you. You died, rose again. You shed your blood for me. I receive forgiveness. I break condemnation off me because of your grace today. I am a new creation. Some of you ought to say, I am being healed in my mind. My emotions, my bodies, my feelings, uh, hurts, hindering thoughts are being broken off my life today. Addictions and perversions are leaving my life today. I am walking in a realm of godliness and holiness and love and goodness, not because I have to, but because I want to i choose life today thank you so much for joining me there is a click here below and what we're all going to do is we're going to worship the lord worship him we're going to esteem his worth and we're going to put him first i know everybody wants you advertisements you get thirty-five thousand a day that come at your mind from billboards instagram facebook all kinds of radio tv ads everybody wants your attention but jesus said in Matthew six thirty three, if you would put my kingdom first, everything shall be added unto you. He said, if you'd bring your tithe, 10% of your income, this is an offering, 10%, I will rebuke the devourer. I don't know what's trying to devour, devour you right now. I don't know if it's finances, if it's debt. I don't know if it's physical. God has promised to prove him in this. He will rebuke. He will censor. He'll shut the mouth of the devil against your life. There is power when you will put God's word first. And I want to challenge you today to get your offering in your hand, to get your tithe in your hand. This is a contract and a covenant between you and God. This is a cut. You say, well, Rex, I'm really going through it. What a great time. You know, the Bible says when you sow in tears, you can reap in joy. I know what that's like. I know at times in my life where I've had to give not out of a surplus or an abundance, but out of scarcity. But when you put God's kingdom first, when you say, what does it mean when I'm just giving to the church? Souls are being saved on a daily basis. People that are brokenhearted are being healed. People in hospitals are getting well. People are getting healed in their bodies. Families are coming back. They're being reunited. You're stopping divorce. You're stopping depression. You're stopping negative things. God is using your gift to further his kingdom. And he's promised you that anybody who invests in my kingdom, it shall be restored back to them in this life and the life to come. Your deeds of this present are are the, come on, destiny of your future. Don't just sow and say, I'm going to be a little scarce. Don't play that way with God. Come on. God gives you all things richly. Let's trust him with our heart and our mind. I'm not asking you to do something I do not do. I give on a consistent basis because I know I can't outgive God. And when I release something in my hand, he releases something in my hand. And let me say something. God will multiply what you decide to sow today. Go with your family say, God, we're gonna worship as a family. Get your kids in debt, take 10 minutes off, get your phones down, stop playing the game. Let's worship the Lord our giving today and say, Jesus, we're gonna give unto your kingdom and we thank you that you're gonna bless our family. We thank you for your favor, your goodness, and that expenses are gonna decrease, but finances are going to increase. Come on, debts are gonna be removed. Supernatural favor is being released toward your life. Thank you for joining us today at Passion Life Church. It's an, always an honor to come before you and be with you. Pastor Phil, uh, you are just an incredible val. I so appreciate your gift and your heart to serve. Excited about this year being together in the days to come. We're better together than apart and we're excited about what God's doing here.